Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Michael Fabiano, joined by my partner in crime here, the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. What's up, pal? Good, man. Uh, just coming off a, a really boring Thursday night game. <laughs> yeah, uh, Stephon Diggs lost his mind. Dalvin Cook is uh, continues to be a stud, but that's about all that happened. Yeah, there wasn't that much going on in that game unless no. you started, like, Dan Bailey. Uh, oh, uh, outside of, you know, Diggs having... A big game, and yeah, you know Dan Bailey had a good game. Uh, let, let's first go behind the glass and uh, welcome in our pal uh, Nabil Hassan. What's going on, brother? Uh, how's it going? I'm you know pretty hyped up for my Packers. So <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, he comes to talking about Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, after six touchdowns, you, you're definitely pretty hyped about that guy. Nabil is like, yeah, is, is Rodgers going to score six touchdowns again this week? Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely a good spot. I think I'll five. Yeah, maybe not six, That's- but. We'll see. Uh, that, that should be it. Well, we're going to talk about that game. So we'll find out about uh, what we think about Rodgers and everyone else moving forward. So let's just quickly go through what happened last night. And, and as, as Graham mentioned, to it wasn't much. Um, you know, w- one thing we definitely learned, um, if Case Keenum is not the quarterback of the Redskins, you can't start Terry McLaurin. He w- McLaurin was on his way to having a nice game yep. in the first half. And then second half, Keenum goes out with the concussion and Haskins comes in deer in the headlights bad. Okay, there was two plays in particular that I remember, Uh, one of which McLaurin had beaten the defender and was running downfield and would have probably got into the end zone. Haskins dumped it off instead of looking downfield. Um, And then that pass that got picked off 
where McLaurin was wide open in the middle of the field and Haskins threw it too high. And, you know, you would think, oh, these guys got a great rapport from Ohio State. Hey, the NFL is a different game, friends. McLaurin has adapted. Haskins has not. Yeah, that's true. And and, and right now, I mean, the, the you know, it's obviously still early in Haskins' career, yeah. right? But yeah. he has not acquitted himself at, at all, uh, and he's not looked prepared at all in his, his limited sample of starts. Um, Case Keenum, obviously, is going to be uh, in concussion protocol for the for the foreseeable future. Hopefully, he clears it so McLaurin comes back and is still a you know, decent fantasy option because if, if Haskins is under center, this whole offense, I mean, not only, yeah. obviously, is Jay Gruden gone and, and Bill Callahan's committing to the run and just trying not to get embarrassed, which is working uh, to a certain extent. They, the, they the Reds, kept it a lot closer than most people thought. Well, it would they kept it close because they're basically running plays at a snail's pace. I mean, over the yes. last two weeks, they've ran like 45 plays, which is just so, so below uh, NFL average. But yeah, they're, they're not getting embarrassed. They're not running a ton, a ton of plays. But when they are running plays, we, we need some more efficient quarterback under center because uh, if not, McLaurin is going to be uh, not looking very good. For yeah, fans. the good news is that Callahan already said that uh, when Case Keenum is healthy, he's the quarterback. So that's good news if you have uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Adrian Peterson. Revenge game. Hey, I mean, he had over 100 yards on uh, overall. So, I, I, I mean, it wasn't bad. I, I, no, it's not. And, and this is now, you know, it's it's incredible. I mean, he, he basically said he sprained his ankle in two different spots. He had a small uh ankle sprain in the bottom of his foot. We also had a high ankle sprain, still got 16 touches, went over 100 yards of scrimmage, like you said, averaged 5.4 yards per carry. Uh, you know, if Bro, the, he's not human. If he's the Reds, no, he's not. If the Redskins were able to move the ball at all uh, last night, I think we continue to see this Vikings defense is still just not as good as, mm-hmm. as we expected them to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, Redskins, man. Yeah. There's, there's not much here. And, I, you know, we don't have to tell you how good Dalvin Cook is, but I will tell you this. If you didn't know this already, Alexander Madison's probably the top handcuff in fantasy football. Last night, he looked great, and he had about 40 yards uh, on the ground taken away by stupid Vikings penalties, too. So that game could have been even better for him uh, on the ground. And if you have Dalvin Cook and you don't have Alexander Madison – uh, you are you are not making a, a uh, an intelligent decision. Let's just put it that way. So, uh, again, not much to cover in that game. Cook was great. Madison got to get him if he's a handcuff uh, for Dalvin out there. Kirk Cousins, he was efficient. Yeah, he played very well. He didn't have a touchdown, and that hurt his fantasy value. Yeah, but game script. Kirk Kirky was great last night. Again, I mean, he uh, completed eighty percent of his passes. Uh, was nearly over 11 yards per pass attempt, went 23 of 26 for 285. But like you mentioned, yeah. didn't get into the box, and that's probably what hurt. That's what hurt. Yeah, the uh, 11.6 fantasy points from Kirk Cousins yep. after going over 23 straight weeks is going to sting, and a lot of people, including myself, started him. So uh, it was a very good performance on the field that didn't translate in the stat sheets from a fantasy perspective. So uh, there you go, Redskins at Vikings. Um, not much to say. Now let's move on to what you guys are really here for. And that's our week eight fantasy previews. And we're going to begin in Atlanta, Seahawks, Falcons. Uh, Graham, let's talk about the injuries first. We know Matt Ryan uh, is a big question mark for this contest. Right. Not many other injuries in this game that we're tracking. It, it looks like this morning, Matt Ryan was backed on the practice field. This is his first limited practice of the week. Dan Quinn basically said earlier this week that he's expecting Ryan 
to play, which I, I find a little bit crazy, right? The Falcons are just completely dead. I agree. Uh, they're one and six. Their bye is next week. They're, you know, obviously not really fighting for very much. They've already traded Mohamed Sanu this week. They're, they're, complete, uh, they're completely looking forward to 2020. I would be very surprised still if Matt Ryan plays, but obviously, Fabs, weirder things have happened. And yep. If Ryan does not play, really, I think the only guys you can trust in your fantasy lineups is like Julio and Hooper. Yeah, and and Freeman's probably going to be in there too uh, as well. And they haven't been running the ball successfully, but he's getting a lot of opportunities as a pass catcher. Hopefully he doesn't throw any punches this yeah. week. Um, Don't get picked up by Aaron Donald. Yeah. <laughs> or all the story. If Matt Schaub is the quarterback, pick up the Seahawks defense, oh, yes. start them. Okay. This guy is seventh among active quarterbacks in pick sixes. I believe he has 14 in his career. And the six quarterbacks ahead of him have had significantly more pass attempts in their career. I think all well over a thousand more pass attempts than Matt Schaub. So this dude is the pick six king. Get the Seahawks defense if Matt Ryan is unable to go on the Seahawks side. I mean, you're starting you're starting everybody. You're oh, yeah. starting Russell. He's a monster. You're starting Carson. You're starting Tyler and you're starting DK Metcalf in this contest. He's a really good sleeper. Oh, yeah. And, and I think this is just a get, this is just a get off spot for everybody here. Wilson. Uh, Carson, uh, Atlanta has now allowed a QB one performance. It's a top 12 quarterback performance in six straight games. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've allowed a a top five fantasy quarterback in four straight. Um, This is just a huge, huge spot for Wilson. I I will say if Schaub does not play, uh, that's going to really limit the upside. I think of this game as a whole for the Seahawks, because they're just not going to have to keep their foot on the gas. If Matt Ryan's not out there, Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, yeah, you, you you have to play. In season long, you're playing all these guys. I will note real quick, last week, the, the Seahawks played without Will Disley, uh, who went on IR with the Achilles tear. Yep. It was Jacob Hollis, yes. not, not uh, yes. Luke Wilson, who ran more routes, um, saw six targets over Wilson's. I think he only saw like one or two. I think he had seven red zone routes, too. So, yeah. like, it, I mean, if that's that's super deep. Super, super deep. But there's a lot of really interesting kind of like super deep tight end plays. This yeah. Week. And I think I think we're going to talk about that end. at the end of the show, because this coming Sunday, National Tight Ends Day. Didn't even know there was a National Tight Ends Day. Yeah. Well, now we know. Is there a National Running Backs Day? I don't even know about that. But uh, anyways, uh, also, uh, uh, Gray mentioned Mohamed Sanu traded to uh, the New England Patriots. So just keep in mind, guys, that Sanu was a big-time red zone threat for Atlanta. Uh, He actually led their wide receivers in red red zone routes run, which means that those are going to trickle down potentially to Austin Hooper, maybe to uh, Calvin Ridley as well, maybe Julio Jones. But the big question mark is, is Ryan going to play? Because if he's not... Uh, Calvin Ridley will be a great buy low if Ryan does not yes. play this week and then the Falcons yep. have their buy. All right, moving on. Broncos at Colts. What are we looking at for the injuries, Graham? Not much. This is a pretty healthy game overall. I, I think we'll see pretty much everyone we're expecting uh, to see this week. Um, you know, obviously, the, the big news in this game is the Broncos traded Emmanuel Sanders yes. in the middle of the week to the 49ers. It, it means Cortland Sutton is going to be just even more of the Broncos locked in number one receiver. This season, Fabs, I've been really surprised and, and pleasantly surprised at that at, at at Sutton's play he's really stepped it up this year and he he's ranks top 15 in targets air yards red zone targets mm-hmm. receiving yards among receivers and and now Sanders departure kind of opens up some more opportunity for him yep uh, the only thing that can hurt Cortland Sutton is if the Broncos do something foolish and start Drew Locke at some point this season uh 
I've talked to people close to the Broncos who say he's not ready. We heard John Elway say he's not ready. So it's funny because we talk about Case Keenum is a black quarterback and Joe Flacco is a black quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick is a black quarterback. But from a fantasy perspective, those are the damn guys we want in the lineup. At least they're getting the guy. At least because they're getting the receivers the rock. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, Cortland Sutton's become uh, pretty close to to a must start. Uh, let's talk about the Broncos backfield. Last week, it was Royce Freeman. Over the last couple of weeks, he continues to lead that backfield in terms of snaps this is a tough matchup it's weird for me to say this because typically the Colts are not good against the run this year they're not bad with that being said I prefer Lindsay over Freeman right yeah you know the last couple weeks like you mentioned Freeman has actually out snapped Lindsay now in back-to-back games he out snapped him 61 percent to 40 uh 43 percent in this span mm-hmm uh, look, I, I don't know why the Broncos are insistent on cutting down Lindsay's usage, but they continue to do it. That being said, you know, with with few teams out on by this week, you're likely don't have many better options than Lindsay and Freeman. I think yep. you can both treat them both as low end RB twos here in this matchup. Yeah. Uh, so moving forward, um, uh, Deshaun Hamilton. I don't know that I play him this week, but with Sanders out worth a speculative ad based on the assumption that targets are going to be increased? I think so, especially in PPR leagues. I think it makes some sense. But Deshaun has really struggled this year. I think he's he's had a few really bad kind of, it doesn't, it looks like kind of mental drops that mm-hmm. I've seen. Uh, I'd like to see him step it up before I trust him in any fantasy lineups. But I think, I think this is a, a pretty good chance for Noah Fant to maybe... If you can catch maybe, the ball. Yeah, maybe uh, earn a little bit bigger role, but the same thing with him. He's had a few mental mental errors as well. Yep, Jacoby Brissett, who, if you look at the splits, he's awesome at home. He's been great at home, but he's got the Broncos this week, and this Denver team is giving up an average of fewer than 12 fantasy points per game to home quarterbacks. So is Brissett a fade for you this week? I think so. I yeah, think, me too. I, yeah, I, I'm not on the Brissett streaming train. Look, I, I mean, Brissett has made his hay off short scores this year. He is he has nine touchdowns inside the 10-yard line that leads the league. I think Carson Wentz is second closest with like five. Uh, and the Broncos have not allowed a top 12 fantasy passer all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you can go back to Brissett in two QB leagues, but I'd be looking for more upside in 12-team uh, leagues if you're looking for a streamer. Do you fear the T.Y. versus Chris Harris Jr. matchup? Yeah, I do. You have to play T.Y., right? Yeah, in season long you do, but I mean, Hilton has been awesome, but so has Chris Harris this year. I mean, Harris has been uh, honestly, I think this might even be his best season yet, and that's saying a lot for a cornerback yep. who's been um, fantastic. The Broncos are using him as this like movable chess piece on their defense and just allowing him to go into the slot. Uh, that's where he played uh, almost exclusively over the last couple of years. They're now allowing him to go to the boundary. So yeah, this is a, definitely a tough draw for the uh, for Hilton. And just think about it, right? Like all Harris has to do is follow T.Y. Hilton and the Broncos will be content just letting Zach Pascal and Eric Ebron. Yeah. Um, one play here, and I feel like the Colts are going to lean on him a lot is Marlon Mack. Oh, yeah. The Broncos are giving up almost 29 fantasy points per game to home running backs this season. So Mack uh, is going to, well, you know, he'll, he'll put up RB2 numbers, I would think, oh, this week. It's a good spot uh, for him. Very good spot for him. So start Marlon Mack. Um, let's move on here. Buccaneers at Titans. In the Adam Humphreys revenge game. Oh, God. Okay, maybe there's better narratives than the Adam Humphreys revenge game. But anyways, yeah. uh, so Jameis Winston, and every week he's, he's Jekyll and Hyde, dude. We just don't know which quarterback we're going to see. Now, mm-hmm. I have Jameis as a sit this week, and I get it. Last week, Phillip Rivers put up 21 fantasy points in Tennessee. But overall, this defense is still giving up 
fewer than 15 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. And I just feel like if there's any question about the matchup, you can't play Jameis. You just can't. And there are better matchups down the road, especially late in the season, where you're going to be able to utilize him. I mean, I just don't feel like unless Tennessee gets out to a big lead and the Buccaneers have to throw the football to come back, garbage time, Yeah, I don't want to live like that. So just to me, Jameis is a fade. Yeah, I, I think, you know, one thing we've known about Jameis – through the years is he is just extremely extremely unpredictable yes. but for for me I, i'm i'm with you on this this looks like a bad Jameis spot on the road against a tough titans defense mm-hmm. this year Jameis has been really good against the blitz but the titans never blitz they almost always are dropping back and just playing coverage and forcing uh opposing passers to beat them in tight windows so for me yeah i think obviously godwin and evans are must plays but yep. outside of that really there's not a whole lot to like on this buck side and fabs oj howard popped up on the injury report yes. late this week with a hamstring injury i was just going to mention that that's um, going to be another guy that we can talk about national tight ends right day. and now now we we could be looking at a little cam Brate streaming yes. play if howard does not play i am i am patiently waiting to see what happens with Howard. Um, I actually sent a DM to Rick Stroud there in Tampa to see if he has any inside information, but if how, and it seems odd to think this because like, well, Bruce Arians doesn't use tight ends and that's why OJ Howard has not been getting uh, any of the production that we sort of predicted for him in the preseason. But Cameron Brace running a lot of routes in the red zone guys. And all you need is that one touchdown and the opportunities are going to be there. So Braid is a guy that, I would certainly look at Tennessee's giving up about 14 fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. Honestly, man, if, if Howard doesn't play, I think Braid's a top 10. Could be. Top 12. Play Could be. Because tight end is just so thin. Like, would you rather, I mean, here's the thing is like, would you rather play, I don't know, would you rather play him over Greg Olson? Yeah, and, I mean, and you read my mind. That's the thing. It's like, I, that's right the now, play. And we're, ta- we're going to talk about the other tight end in this game, too. Delaney Walker's been banged up as yep. well. Jonu Smith is a nice streamer this week, too. If you look at the numbers, Tampa Bay's giving up over 20 fantasy points per game to tight ends on the road this year. So Jonu Smith might be an even better streamer than Cameron Brait, so we're going to have to wait and see what happens with Delaney Walker. Back to the Bucks, the backfield, good luck. Yeah. Throw a dart. I wouldn't start either one of these guys with any kind of confidence. Ronald Jones has more upside. None of these, dudes are, none of these a, dudes are playable. It's a disaster, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So let's go to the Tennessee Titans side. I like Ryan Tannehill this week. I like what he brought to this offense last week. Gave you nearly 20 fantasy points if you were lucky enough to start him against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Buccaneers are giving up the most passing yards per game and over 20 fantasy points per game to home quarterbacks this season. Tannehill, I don't know if he's got a better arm than Marcus Mariota, but he is willing to take chances downfield. That's why Corey Davis popped last week. That's why I am telling people to start him in this contest against the Buccaneers who struggled against receivers lined out wide. That's why I'm telling people to pick up A.J. Brown. Maybe not play him this week. If you need a flex starter, he's potentially an option. This this offense is different with Ryan Tannehill. One player, now I know you got to play him, but Derrick Henry's in a tough spot here. The Buccaneers' defense has been good against the run. This okay. is the only defense in the league that's made Christian McCaffrey look mortal this year. Yeah, it's true. And, and you would think, actually, if the Bucks were smart, they would actually start letting teams run on them a little bit more because their, their secondary is just so, so bad. Yep. 
You nailed it, though. I mean, the, the big thing for with Tannehill is maybe, you know, I don't know about his arm strength. I don't know if he's a, you know, he understands the offense better. But I do know the one thing I do know is Tannehill is willing to take risks. Yes. And throw the ball into tight windows and give Corey Davis and A.J. Brown at least a chance. Mm-hmm. Whereas Marcus Mariota just is content just holding onto the ball in the pocket and taking sacks. Yep. And uh, Tennessee's <laughs> defense, by the way, too, is, yes. is a nice play. The Buccaneers give up a lot of sacks and they turn the ball over because their quarterback is James Winston. Moving on, Cardinals at Saints. And, and we've got a couple of big Lots of injuries this in this one, injury. led by Alvin Kamara and Drew Brees. Drew Brees, you know, this is the kind of the same thing we talked about with Matt Ryan, right? The the Saints are on, they'll have their bye here in week nine, but it, it sounds like Drew Brees is at least pushing to play. Um, he's missed, obviously, quite some time with the thumb injury. Alvin Kamara was, has been back in a limited practice this week with an ankle and knee issue. I kind of expect him to play, but also, Fabs, on the Cardinals side, they're very banged up. David Johnson hasn't practiced all week with an ankle injury. He obviously was... Uh, they're calling him a let, game time decision. Let, right let's now. just say DJ was active last week, but not active yeah. in, our, in our lives. Yep. Uh, and then Christian Kirk might might come back with an uh, off his ankle injury this week as well. So lots of injuries to monitor. I think this is the biggest game to monitor. And the good thing um, for fantasy, at least, is it's a 10 a.m. start. Uh, one, or excuse me, 1 p.m. start on the East Coast. So you'll be able to know exactly. You'll who's you'll know who's out, in the lineup. Yep. And you can audible uh, as you need to. So I think either quarterback for the Saints is startable. Bridgewater looked good. Good matchup against the Cardinals. Now, on the Cardinals side, you're looking at Kyler Murray, who's coming off a six-point stinker last week. You know, gave you uh, a game, well, you weren't expecting against the Giants who who struggled against quarterbacks. And you look at the numbers initially, and you're like, well, this looks like a really good spot for him overall. But let's keep in mind, the Saints got crushed by quarterbacks in the first three weeks of the season. Since then... They have not given up much. Now, I get it. Mitch Trubisky had a decent fantasy game last week. It was all garbage time points, right? I mean, like, this is this is a scenario here where, you know, Kyler Murray is a guy that you might have to play, but the Saints have not allowed a top 10 quarterback since week four. And during that time, they've given up the sixth fewest passing yards to quarterbacks. So don't kid yourself that this is a good matchup for Kyler Murray. I agree. Because it's not. I agree. And this Saints defense is really starting to heat up. They're at home here. Um, You know, Marshawn Lattimore, he really struggled to start the season, but he is just absolutely on a tear over the last couple of weeks. He's really done a fantastic job in his coverage. Uh, Saints front seven can get after it. Obviously, the Cardinals offensive line is uh, significantly overmatched in this game. Uh, I'm I'm definitely a little bit concerned about this Cardinal side. I will say if if David Johnson does not play this week, even though the matchup is tough, even though they're on the road, yeah, you Chase, play Edmonds. Chase, Chase Edmonds is a borderline RB one volume play. Absolutely, yeah, no doubt about that. What are your thoughts on Larry Fitzgerald? He has disappeared. Yeah, he did over la- the last several weeks. He did last week, and you know this is kind of so- something we've seen, and we something we see with a lot of the veteran players is they'll get off to hot starts early in the season as the season starts to go on, and the injuries. You know, even though they're not in the injury report, they get banged up, and you know. T- fatigue just starts setting in. I wonder if that's a little bit with Larry Fitz because he is just, you know, he's up there in in years, you know, he's been playing since 2004 now. Uh, But last week, the big problem was targets. I mean, he just only saw three in that game where where Chase Edmonds basically just took over. I think, I think that'll normalize a little bit and he's going to avoid Lattimore out of the slot this week. All right. uh, Let's go to uh, London. I'm not going to even try to do an accent because it's going to sound terrible. (laughs) Bengals, Rams, Injury report here. Um, we already know that Malcolm Brown is right. out right. for this contest. Any other significant injuries we need to be keeping tabs on? Bengals cornerbacks? Yeah, well, uh, 
does it even matter at this point? I mean, the Bengals are just so. <laughs> well, so I mean, bad. like, I mean, yeah, which was like last week. Right. I couldn't believe that Chark didn't have a bigger game when both of their top corners were out. Yeah, Didi went off. Uh, Didi, Didi went off. Didi yes. had a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to be without William Jackson and Drake Kirkpatrick once again. They're, I think they're both going to miss at least a few more games with their injuries. Bengals, just man, I just feel bad for Bengals fans. Like their 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 team are is now. Their team is now has to go into London. They're zero and seven. They've got to play the Rams. It's just uh, this is just a really brutal spot overall for them. Really, yep. frankly, Fabs, I, there's not many injuries in this game outside of Malcolm Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also not many Bengals I want in my fantasy mm-hmm. lineups this week. I mean, so Tyler Boyd maybe because of volume, I mean, he's in the top three among wide receivers and targets per game, and also routes run, but he could likely draw Jalen Ramsey. I, I expect him. I so, expect Jalen Ramsey to shout so out Tyler. So that's, that's, that's going to be obviously a bit of an issue. And Joe Mixon has become unstartable. He averaged 2.7 inches per carry. Inches. <laughs> inches. Not yards. Not yards. Inches. Probably not good when you're taking the tape measure out for your running back. It's it's awful. Yeah. Uh, and if you have Joe Mixon, I can't cut him. I just I can't. You can't. I can't do it. I will tell you this. And I'm going to talk about this on the show today. If you can wait, he's got the Dolphins in week 16. If your team makes it to the fantasy championship, Joe Mixon's got the freaking Dolphins, man. Imagine if Joe Mixon ends up being the fantasy MVP in week 16 after just a dog of a year. Um, So, yeah, you can't play him. Play all your Rams, all of them. Goff, Cup, Woods, Cooks, Everett. Gurley should eat. I mean, hell, even... If you're in a deeper league or if you need a uh, a contrarian DFS play, Daryl Henderson. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the Bengals defense sucks, man, and well, they are bad against the run. Well, yeah, and if honestly, Henderson's not the worst desperation player. No, he's not. Need him because if the if the Bengals get smashed, which they probably will, sorry, but they probably will, and if they get behind, it's not like Gurley's going to be playing a ton in the fourth quarter. Those, those touches will go to Henderson. What I feel like is if Henderson is available in your league, you need to pick him up. No. Oh, just because, because I feel like he's already started to move past Malcolm Brown, who ha- is dealing with that ankle. And, I mean, God forbid anything happened to Todd Gurley, guys. Henderson could end up being a league winner down the stretch. So if he's available in your league, get him, okay? Speculative ad, go out and get him. That's probably the easiest uh, preview we're going to do because it's like start all your Rams and almost none of your Bengals. Moving on, Eagles at Bills. Are we looking at any big injuries in this one, Graham? Yeah, not many injuries to monitor outside of Deshaun Jackson's lingering ab issue. He's not played for over a month. I don't expect him to play this week. This is just a really, really tough spot for the it Eagles, is. man. Like yep. uh, Over their past 10 home games, the Bills have held opposing quarterbacks to a 6-11 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio. So six touchdowns to 11 picks over the last 10 home games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, only the Patriots are allowing fewer fantasy points per pass attempt to opposing quarterbacks. Yep. I mean, you're, you've likely got to start Ertz because tight end is just so brutal. We've Ertz been saying it all year. killing me lately, man. I got him in one league, and I just... Yeah. But what am I going to do? you got to freaking play him. Exactly, and, and you probably have to play Carson Wentz, especially in a week mm. where we don't have Dak and Lamar, but... I don't know, uh, man. I feel like there's better... Like, I would almost play Mason Rudolph over Carson interesting. Wentz. I mean, call me crazy. I have him very closely ranked. So, if you play it safe, it's Wentz. If you want to go for the home run... Mason. Start Mason Rudolph. That's yeah. how bad the Dolphins' defense is. So, uh, on, on the on the uh, Philadelphia side, you know, as Gray mentioned, I mean, there's not much to like. Alshon Jeffrey is a fade for me this week against Tredavious White. 
Uh, To me, Carson Wentz is a fade. I don't believe the Bills have given up multiple touchdown passes to a quarterback all season. Okay, and I go back to remembering what they did to Tom Brady. I think he had three points uh, against them on their home field. So a lot of fades. Hell, even the kicker, Jake Allen, fading him too. I'm fading everybody. Zach Ertz, as we mentioned, you probably got to play. Buffalo side, this is the second of five very favorable matchups for Josh Allen. Get him into your lineup. Uh, The Eagles have been giving up to quarterbacks all season long, so keep him active. I, I don't really like the matchup for Frank Gore and Devin Singletary because if the Eagles are good at anything on defense, it's stopping the run. So I would sit the old man. I would sit the kid this week. John Brown is a very strong start. Again, we told you to start him last week. Get him into your lineup this week. The Eagles have allowed nine touchdowns and the most fantasy points to receivers lined out wide. That's where Brown is running right around 75% of his routes. Yes. Cole Beasley, I feel like, is is worth a, a, a dart throw if you need help in a deeper league at a flex position. And... That's probably about yeah. It. Buffalo's defense is is an end yeah. kind of play. I mean, I think they're probably at the back end of the tie of the defensive uh, ones uh, this this week based on the matchups. Yeah, there's not much to like in this game. Both backfields are pretty much fades this week. I will say, Bills D, I have them in a few leagues. I'm holding on and playing them this week at home against the Eagles because mm-hmm. next week they get the Redskins out. Giddy up, love it. Uh, Chargers at Bears. Chargers are going down like flies, dude. I mean, they just lost Forrest Lamp, right? I mean, their offensive line is banged up, and Melvin Ingram has been banged up. I I mean, this defense, they're hurting with the injuries right now. They really are. The Chargers, (laughs) this is just a reoccurring thing for the Chargers every single year. Their their injury report is just uh, jam-packed with a bunch of talented players that they've been relying on. Um, This week, I mean, really for fantasy, there's not any, like, huge impact players that are going to be out but you mentioned their defensive line last week they they were without three starters Melvin Ingram like you mentioned missed they also were without their top two defensive tackles Justin Jones and Brandon Meebane and it, it looks like both of those guys are not going to play this week again they have not practiced all week with their injuries mm-hmm. so again Fabs we're sitting in a matchup David Montgomery is at home against this very, very banged up Chargers defensive line that has given up like four and a half yards per carry over the last three weeks. They're, they're really struggling. Yep. I still have no confidence whatsoever. And you can't have any confidence starting David Montgomery, but man, th- this has to be the spot, right? It has to be. I, listen. I, After I, Nagy gets called out by everyone yes, even for if it's not just running at all. Right. You got to play him. Yeah. I am. Montgomery's. I, you only have two teams on a bye. But, I mean, you have Zeke and you have Ingram, so people are going to be looking for some replacements. Yeah, I play him this week. I I didn't like him last week, and I I would play him this week and hope that better things are on the horizon for David Montgomery because, uh, let's be honest, he's been a bust uh, based on a lot of what the fantasy industry had projected for him uh, during his rookie campaign. Now, we'll stick with the Chargers side here, too. Now, Phillip Rivers is a fade for me. The Bears' defense has been Awful against the run. The last two running backs they have faced, Josh Jacobs gashed them. Latavius Murray, a backup, gashed them for 32 points. I'm starting Eckler, and that's a no-brainer. Yep. Here's the difference, though. Melvin Gordon? Here's the difference. Melvin Gordon? Uh, No? Here's the difference. The Raiders and... um, the Raiders actually have a good offensive line and the Saints have had one of the best offensive lines and best schemes mm-hmm. for the past four or five years. The, the Chargers just don't right now. They cannot run the ball. And Melvin Gordon has just been absolutely brutal on the ground. I'm with you. I think you you start Eckler, but I would really heavily consider benching Melvin Gordon because it's likely you have a receiver on your bench that you'd feel comfortable playing over Gordon. And in that case, just 
play him, you know, play that receiver in the flex over Gordon and hope, hope that you have at least two better running back plays because I, I am, I just want no part of Melvin Gordon this week. You know, I know it's the, the spot might be right, uh, but the, the chargers, man, they, they have really, really backed themselves into a corner and it's, it's, it, their offense is just so much better with Austin Eckler, and you would think yeah. rational coaching would dictate Eckler would just end up playing more. Speaking we'll of receivers, Keenan Allen popped up with an injured hamstring yesterday, and he didn't practice at all. That's bad news. So right now, it's 9 o'clock Pacific. We're not going to know what his status is uh, for this podcast, unfortunately, but it's not good news. If he practices on a limited basis today, okay, you can feel confident. But the matchup's bad. Keenan Allen statistically has not been great lately. And I'll tell you something. I mean, you probably have to play him, assuming he's going to be active. But if he can't play this week, I mean, Travis Benjamin hurt. Dontrell Inman hurt. It's going to be Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. Yep, that's it. If Keenan Allen can't play. Yep, that's it. So yeah. maybe maybe you throw Mike Williams in there just based on potential I'm, volume, even though the matchup's not great. I'm just hoping that the Chargers are being very, very precautious with yeah. their star receiver yep. there, and hopefully Keenan will be just fine. Yeah, on the Bears side of things, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not starting Mitchell Trubisky. Don't care. Uh, garbage time yesterday, whatever. The Chargers defense banged up. Don't trust him. Don't want him. Uh, Allen Robinson has become a virtual must-start. He's playing great football right now. One of the most underrated receivers in the National Football League. It is shocking that the awful quarterback play in Chicago has not neutered him statistically. It has not. So keep Keenan Allen. I'm sorry. Keep Allen Robinson in your starting lineup and keep tabs on Keenan Allen in, uh, in the next 12 hours here. And we'll find out a little bit more on him. Moving on. Giants. At Lions, uh, we already know Sterling Shepard is not going to play right. again. Any other big injuries? Nope, no other injuries really to monitor in this game. Uh, Giants' side is is pretty much healthy finally after, uh, except for Sterling Shepard after being extremely banged up. Uh, Lions' side is again we know the injuries. Obviously, Carryon Johnson's going to be on. He's on IR. He's going to be pretty much out for the rest of the fantasy season. Um, but yeah, I, I think really the big the big story in this game for fantasy is how many touches. Are we expecting Ty Johnson to get here? Yep. And, you know, if it if at all, what what type of rotation will the Lions be running out behind him with J.D. McKissick, Trey Carson and Paul Perkins? Yeah, no question about that, because this is a guy who's going into a situation where carry was a featured back. I mean, he was giving you 70 percent of the snaps. He was giving you over right around 24 touches a game. And now I, I don't know that I expect Ty Johnson to do that. This is sort of one of those like prove it weeks for this kid. Right. And the matchup's good. I mean, the Giants got crushed by Chase Edmonds last week. Three touchdowns, over 20 fantasy points. So it's a good spot. I have Ty Johnson. I only got him in one league. Um, I'm starting him. Even if he's a flex, guys, you're starting him. Potential for volume. Great matchup. Uh, let's stick with the the Lions side. Matthew Stafford's a great start. But I mean, in the fantasy industry, we had buried him. Oh, yeah. After last year, we had buried him. And coming into this year, we're thinking run-heavy team. They want to run the ball and play good defense under Matt Patricia. And suddenly, Stafford has become a very, I don't know how reliable he is. He's been somewhat reliable, but he's putting up numbers. Yeah, he's and last week, monster game. He's a startable asset this week against the Giants. Yeah, he's been great for fantasy this year. Outside yeah. of the two games against the Eagles and Packers on the road, he has multiple passing scores in every game. I think he's like the QB8 or QB9 
in points per game. And now over the next two weeks, he gets here this great spot at home against the Giants. And then week nine, he gets to play the Raiders. So yep. I, I'm, I'm treating Stafford as a QB one and, and uh, definitely took an L on him and, and kind of wish I had uh, Stafford in a few more leagues because he was free. I mean, yeah, he, was he, was free. he was free. He was basically we not drafted in 12, 12 too. leagues. I mean, yeah. that's happened too. those two guys were free. That's why yeah. you don't draft quarterbacks early. Uh, Kenny Galladay gave you a stinker last week. The Giants are giving up an average yeah. of 140 yards and the seventh most fantasy points to receivers lined out wide. Oh my so Galladay is a must start. Marvin Jones is a good start. If he gets four touchdowns again, it would be the first time I think it's ever happened. It's <laughs> not. But start him because the matchup is good. And I would fade TJ Hawkinson, though. I don't know where you are on this. The Giants actually haven't been that bad against tight ends this season. So Hawkinson, to me, ever since week one, has really been uh, basically invisible statistically. So hard for me to uh, promote him uh, in this matchup. As I mentioned, the Giants have not been bad against tight ends. They've been getting gashed by everybody else. But the tight end position has not been uh, one of them. Giants, Saquon Barkley, obvious. He's back. Came back last week. He's going to get a, a full workload this week. Golden Tate. Revenge. Lots of revenge games this Start week. Start Golden Tate this week, my friends. 14 or more fantasy points in two straight games. Detroit's de- defense has given up 92 yards per game to the slot. And opposing teams have targeted Detroit's slot corners a league high 15.2 times per game. And Daniel Jones likes to throw to the slot. Yeah. It makes sense. Evan Ingram. I don't know what the hell happened last week, man. I, I was, Daniel Jones took eight sacks. He I, really, know. I mean, he really freaking scored. But, but Red Ellison scored. Yeah. Why can't that go to... So I didn't text Evan this week. I'm like, eh, I'm going to leave him alone. But start him. Uh, I mean, the Lions just gave up 16.8 to Kyle Rudolph a week ago. So um, maybe that's low-hanging fruit. But uh, start him. And, and by the way, defensive streamer, Lions. Uh, I'm streaming them in one of my leagues. I think that's a good play. Jets at Jaguars. Injuries? Yeah, really the only note I have in this game is Chris Herndon's continuing yeah. and lingering hamstring issue. Uh, a beat reporter, I'm, I'm sorry that their name is slipping my, ni- my mind right now, basically said that he's not expecting Herndon to play. He's basically been limited all week. And as we know, hamstring injuries just continue to linger. Uh, I, I think, you know, Herndon's continued absence just boosts Jamison Crowder's volume potential. I mean, last week, obviously, with the Jets, <laughs> we, we don't need to discuss what happened there. Obviously, the Patriots just completely shut down their offense. This week is just such a better matchup against mm-hmm. this Jags secondary without Jalen Ramsey. Uh, just a quick note here on the Saints. Uh, I just uh, DM'd uh, Catherine Terrell, who's who's uh, awesome and covers the Saints, and she just told me that Breeze was doing some first-team stuff in practice today. She expects him to play. Yeah, that's kind of what it's training. Back at practice, he's expected to play. The Breeze thing is surprising. It's kind of, it, it's interesting that they're bringing him back a week before the bye. Maybe they just want to kind of get him loose to get him going for the rest of the season. Because this is a very winnable game with oh, Eddie yeah. Bridgewater. I mean, hell, he's undefeated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Cat uh, uh, Terrell uh, with some great information there, guys. So, keep tabs on that. Back to the Jets and the Jaguars here. Are you starting any Jets not named Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, I think Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder are fine plays this week. I mean, look, I know Sam Darnold really struggled last week. Yes, I know I know we've seen him play. I mean, he's been extremely up and down, but this Jags secondary is really struggling on their own. I mean, they've given up, even though they haven't given up a bunch of like huge quarterback performances, they continually get whacked by opposing wide receivers. I mean, over the past couple of weeks, it's, they've, they've really, really struggled. So last week, um, the Jags 
<clears throat> excuse me, the Jags played the Bengals and Alex Erickson went for eight, 137. The prior week, Michael Thomas was fine with eight for 89. They give up six to 91 for D- to DJ Moore. Cortland Sutton got him for over 100 yards. Um, or excuse me, Emmanuel Sanders got him for over 100 yards and Sutton had two touchdowns. Uh, they, the, guys, you can play receivers against the Jags yeah. now and be fine. I, I think Crowder and Anderson are both I, really good receivers. I like Crowder more. Agreed. Um, Anderson just scares me. I don't know, man. Like, there's the report that, you know, the Jets are looking to trade him. Sam Darnold, and I get it. I mean, it was the Patriots, but he looked awful last week. So hopefully this is a bounce back game because Darnold's got a really good schedule. Oh, yeah. Down the stretch. And we need him to have some confidence because if fantasy owners are going to be able to lean on this kid, we need to see more than what we saw last week, which was negative 6.66 fantasy points. Ah. I wish I could play some Iron Maiden right now. But <laughs> uh, on the Jaguars side, what do you think of Minshew? I mean, the Jets actually have not given it up to quarterbacks this season. They haven't. He's a fine. I think he's a fine streamer play. He's okay. in, he's in that conversation. He's kind of like, I, I think on the borderline with like where we're expecting Carson Wentz's range of outcomes to come. Kind of like low end QB one. Okay. Uh, I think this is a very straightforward game for the Jags, right? Like Le- Leonard Fournette is a must play. Yep. DJ Chark. Uh, and D.D. Westbrook are good receiver two plays again this week. You know, the Jets, um, they, they can't cover these two guys, right? I mean, they they just don't have the cornerback play to, to, to keep up with Chark and Westbrook's speed. But, yeah, I think this is a pretty straightforward game for the Jags. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you have the Jags defense, start them. And lest we forget the kickers, I like Josh Lambeau. He's actually been really good this year. Lambeau. And, you know, hey, Justin Tucker's on a bye. One of the best kickers in fantasy football, if not the best. So um, people are going to be looking for alternatives. And we cover it all here on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake Seeley, I love you. I'm still talking kickers. Let's move on. Panthers at 49ers in, in what, to me, Graham, is one of the most interesting fantasy games of the week. Why? Well, Christian McCaffrey, who you're going to play, obviously, against the best defense against the run in the National Football League as it pertains to fantasy football. Yeah, I know. And and this is like going to be a an absolute dogfight. It will. It will. And Christian obviously is is a must play this week. He's no running back, really. Maybe outside of Leonard Fournette has a higher touch expectation. I I think the more interesting storyline here is like, what do we do with the Manuel Sanders? What do we do with some of these Panthers receivers? Right. Because these, these like. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Emmanuel Sanders this week are all such fringy type plays. And honestly, I really don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Moore is probably a bench. Uh, you're benching. Yes. You're benching Moore and, and Olsen as and well. Samuel. And again, we but, gave, we'll give you some tight end options later. Right. This is a really tough game to find very many playable there's, fantasy options. There's hell. I wouldn't play Joey Sly this week. I, I'm not playing any Panthers. I have DJ Moore in several leagues. I'm not playing him. I have Greg Olson in, in our NFL Fantasy Live League, and uh, I am I am looking to replace him. Yeah. I, I already picked up Johnu Smith, and depending on what happens to Delaney Walker, I may put him in there and go for the go for the home run rather than play Greg Olson. So, uh, on the San Francisco side of things, uh, there's not a lot to like. Nope. Garoppolo is a fade for me. Um, the Panthers' defense is pretty good, although they haven't been great against the run. I'm starting Tevin Coleman, even if he's just a flex. I believe they've given up four top 14 fantasy running backs in six games this year. The Panthers' defense has. Sanders, see, I mean, it's hard to project that because, like, I get it. There are similarities between the offenses, and there's going to be opportunities. I don't know if he's going to be limited in terms of his snaps this week, but Dante Pettis has been an abject disaster this year. Debo Samuel's banged up. 
They need Sanders to come in. And while I think Sanders is better served from a fantasy standpoint in San Francisco than he was in Denver, I don't know if I'm starting him this week. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm going to be aware of, of Emmanuel Sanders this week in fantasy because I, I think he's going to play quite a bit, and I expect Sanders to be the, the Niners' new slot receiver. I think they'll play Pettis and Goodwin outside in Debo when he comes back. I think Sanders will play out of the slot, but it's just one of those things where the Niners, when they're throwing, they're not really throwing a bunch to the receivers. Obviously, that tendency can change now that they have maybe a true number one receiver. But when they are throwing, uh, it's all to Kittle. Uh, there's a lot of dump offs to running backs. Col- Coleman and Breda have both been relatively involved in the passing game there I, because they spread the ball out so much. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm inclined to leave Sanders on my bench this week and just kind of see how the Niners intend to use him moving forward. Yep. And uh, I'm still playing the Niners defense as good as Kyle Allen has been. He's not turning the ball over home game Niners. I mean, they've sort of become they're not the Patriots where, I mean, that defense has just bananas every week. But the Niners defense has been pretty reliable for you over the last three weeks. Moving on. Raiders at Texans and Josh Jacobs is a big time question mark at this yeah. point. He hasn't been practicing and we need to see what his partition, his participation status is on Friday before we make a decision on whether or not to play him or not, Graham. Yeah, he popped up this week with a shoulder injury. Apparently, John Gruden said he hurt it during the, their game this past week against the Packers, played through it. Uh, Josh Jacobs did say he could uh, play this weekend without practicing. That's pretty obvious by now. But yep. yeah, you're obviously monitoring Jacobs' injury, and hopefully it's not a game-time decision because, because this game starts at 425 yeah, later game. Coast. So if you are ensuring yourself, if you're in your deeper league, maybe DeAndre Washington. Um, if, if Jacobs misses, they'll go with some sort of growth committee, committee with yes. Jalen Rashard in Washington. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is Derek Carr a sleeper in this game? I mean, I, Ty- Tyro Williams is banged up. It, it, I get it. Derek hasn't done much of anything. But if you're in a two QB league or a super flex league, Houston's defense has not been great against quarterback. Yeah, I think it's only a two QB league play, okay. though. Okay. Yeah, the volume, the Raiders just aren't throwing a ton. They're really relying on mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs. Their offensive line, I was definitely wrong about. They, their offensive line has been very good this year. Uh, Darren Waller has become a, duh, must start. Yeah. I mean, hell, he's, if if you asked me, and this is this is how unpredictable and crazy the NFL and fantasy football is. Right now, if you could go back to your draft and take either Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, at cost, I'm absolutely. Darren Waller yeah. all day long, 100 times out of 100. Darren no freaking Waller over the best tight end in fantasy football for the last three years. Yeah, uh, and, and at cost, uh, I think that makes it, sense. Unbelievable. Um, I, I want to say this is just an amazing spot for Kenny Still. I was and, just going to mention him. And DeAndre yes, Hopkins. Yes, The whole tax, Texans passing attack is a whole. Kiki QT yep. is a sleeper play this week. Look, the Raiders are just getting absolutely destroyed on deep passes. They've allowed a league-high... 59% completion rate on deep ball. Yeah. That's 20 or more yards downfield. The Raiders have already allowed eight touchdowns mm-hmm. on, on throws traveling 20 or more yards downfield. Aaron Rodgers just absolutely ripped in the shreds last week. And, and because they're just showing such signs of, of not only just poor coverage, but, ten, you know, communication breakdowns in the secondary Deshaun Watson and this whole Texans team just has so much upside through the air. Yep. This week. I, I play Carlos Hyde. He's a flex this week. Uh, the Raiders are giving up around eight catches a game to running backs and over 25 fantasy points per game. So uh, Hyde is a play over Duke Johnson for me, which has been the norm week in and week out. And moving on now, uh, oh, Texans defense, by the way, potentially uh, could be a decent streamer this week. <laughs> back, back in the preseason, the NFL had this game circled as a potential AFC championship matchup. And yep. now 
it is David versus Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Browns. Kind of feels like it. Patriots. Graham Barfield. Yeah. Besides Nick Chubb, who isn't a good play either, yeah. are you starting any Browns? I, I If you have you depth have, at wide receiver, tell me who you're starting over Odell Beckham Jr. this week. Yeah, I think I you know, there's maybe 15 or 20 ish guys I would play over OBJ this week but even that like you most likely are, are unless you're in a really really shallow 10 team league you're probably going to be playing Beckham in most of your lineups and just praying I, I, we know by now what the Patriots are going to do they're going to match up Stephon Gilmore on Beckham and they're going to bracket Beckham and basically not allow him to do very much and force Baker Mayfield to beat them with Jarvis Landry and, and Rashard Higgins and, uh, and Antonio Callaway it's just Man, it's it's so funny. Like you mentioned, it's it's the Browns are in a really, really tough spot here on the road. I really outside of Nick Chubb, there's not there's no one you can start with any confidence here. All right. So uh, quickly, I'm going to play a little game of uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Or. OK, let's do it. OBJ or John Brown. Ooh, wow. John Brown. OBJ or Julian Edelman. Oh, Edelman. Yeah. OBJ or Tyreek Hill with Matt Moore. Ty, yeah. Ty Freak. Yep. OBJ or Ty a T.Y. Hilton in a tough matchup. That's right. I think that's where I draw the line. I mean, that, that's right where it's at, right? Okay. Yeah. That's where it is. Yeah. I think he, I mean, you were treating him as a receiver so too. T.Y. against Chris Harris. That's where you're like, Ugh. yeah, that's where, that's where you're treating Beckham as a receiver too this week and, and just praying that he can maybe have one big play uh, where Stephon Gilmore, I don't know, either falls down or slips or something. Right. Something no stupid's got to happen. Yeah. So like Mike Evans, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, I don't know what's going on with Keenan Allen. DJ Chark, Golden Tate, Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, all ahead of OBJ. This is where we're at. I think for this week, I think you could play Sutton and I, I don't know about A-Rod, but I would, I would play Sutton over Beckham, I think. Okay. Um, it, it, this, is, this is where we're at. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, so uh, at Baker Mayfield is unplayable. He hasn't been playable all year long. He's had one decent game, and that's because you rushed for a touchdown in that game. He's, listen, guys, we were all wrong on him. And uh, I don't know why he's on fantasy teams. He should be on the waiver wire uh, until maybe later in the season when his schedule gets a little bit better. He, I know he plays the Dolphins. Uh, maybe maybe that's the only game that we start Baker Mayfield. Probably. Patriot side, Tom Brady. I have a feeling Tom Brady is going to go off in this game. Tom Brady is going, and Bill Belichick are going to want to squash this team on their home field, okay, in, in New England at Gillette Stadium. They are going to want to squash the Browns because they probably got sick in the preseason of hearing all the crap about how they signed OBJ and they brought in all these players and the Browns are now legitimate contenders for the AFC and that they are going to potentially dethrone the New England Patriots. Belichick and Brady want to crush this team. They want to destroy this team. They want to embarrass this team. I think Tom Brady has a monster stat line in this contest. I think Julian Edelman has a great stat line in this contest. Depending on what happens with Rex Burkhead, because we all know Burkhead has been missing time, Sony Michelle is going to crush. James White is going to crush. Okay? I don't know that I'm starting Muhammad Sanu because I don't know if he's going to be on a snap count. I will tell you this. That trade, especially with Josh Gordon now being on injured reserve and basically gone, huge for his fantasy value. Patriots defense, must start. Duh. Hell, I'm starting Mike Nugent. I really feel like this is a week where the Patriots are going to do everything they can to put their foot down on the Browns' throats and end their misery. Because if they get crushed by the Patriots, 
That's it. The hey. Browns are going to be written off this season. Well, hey, Jarvis Landry said they're going to win. The Browns, he came out and said yesterday the Browns are going to win. Jarvis Landry also <laughs> said that I was wrong in telling people to sit him, and then he was the wide receiver 30, and I would sit him as well this week. So um, I, I'm very interested to see what happens in that game. But uh, start all your Patriots, basically, and all your Browns. Cross your fingers or sit him. Uh, Packers at Chiefs. Now, unless Patrick Mahomes is Superman, unless this dude is made out of adamantium, Unless this guy is an absolute cyborg, he can't. There's no way he's playing this week. I get it. He's been getting some looks. I don't know that he's going to play this week. I think it's going to be Matt. Moore. Oh he's been yeah, getting most of the first team reps, right? So yeah, we should be expecting Matt Moore. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is not playing this week. I I know we kind of maybe got a little bit excited seeing him uh, do some limited. Of, I, I would assume very limited practice work this week. He's yep. not playing. Look, the, the Chiefs have no incentive to play him. Uh, the the uh, their division, the AFC West, has just been uh, pretty brutal. There's no one that's going to become that's likely going to come within shouting distance uh, f- w- from them. So even if Mahomes misses a few games, there's really uh, no downside for them. I, I, you know, this game would be amazing if Mahomes were playing. Wouldn't it be? It would be amazing like, at, at like home current, at Arrowhead. The, lots of pace in this game, and and now really. There's not, I mean, there's some, uh, there's the obvious guys, right? You're playing Aaron Rodgers, you're playing Aaron Jones and, yep. and Tyreek and Kelsey, but really outside of that, there's not a ton of fantasy upside, I think, in this game. And the Packers could frankly just kind of, you know, control this game a little bit, run the ball a bunch because the Chiefs run defense is really struggling. And, you know, it, it's just kind of a bummer we won't have Mahomes for this spot. Yeah, it, I mean, it would be the current elite number one fantasy quarterback against the longtime yeah. elite number one fantasy quarterback. But, Give me your, so Tyreek Hill, obviously, you're going to play him, even with Matt Warner center. Last week, he had the, that, that long touchdown that sort of saved his bacon. And you're going to play Kelsey. I don't think you can play any other Chiefs receiver. Uh, Sammy Watkins, I believe, is getting closer to coming back. Uh, Miko Hardman, he can't play. Demarcus Robinson, he can't play. That backfield, though, this is what sucks. This is a good matchup for their running backs. For LaShawn McCoy in particular, this is a good matchup. Okay, Green Bay's defense has not been good against the run this year. We've seen them get gashed on a regular basis almost. Do you play LeSean McCoy? Yeah, I think McCoy is a flex this week. I think he's a fine flex play. The 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 bigger one is Damian Williams. I know we talked on the Wednesday. I can't play him, with, right? With I mean, Marcus, he's he's a borderline droppable player in ten team leagues at this point. I, I think McCoy is the play over Williams. Again, it's not necessarily something you can have much confidence in. But last week, McCoy did see twelve carries. Uh, also saw two targets. He played forty three percent of the snaps. That that led the team. The prior week, he was on fifty percent of the snaps, and again leading the team there. So after his zero carry came at week five, McCoy has kind of been reinserted as the Chiefs, and I'm quoting here, like lead running back. His top two, two of his, or excuse me, three of his top four snap rates have come in the last uh, four weeks. But again, it's just one of those things. I mean, McCoy doesn't have more than 12 carries this year. Matt Moore is a starting quarterback, and it's just you know those red zone opportunities are going to be significantly diminished in this game. Yeah, so um, that's that's one of those scenarios where you might play McCoy and not love it because the matchup is great, but. I mean, that, that that backfield has become an absolute headache uh, for fantasy fans and fantasy analysts alike. Moving on to the Packers. Devontae Adams is getting closer. I don't know if he's coming back this week. And this is the Sunday night game. This is the Sunday. So yeah. It's kind of hard to sit back and wait for him unless you have maybe MVS. And this is an awful matchup for MVS. I said this on NFL Fantasy Live last week. The Chiefs are very stingy against receivers lined out wide. No Packers receiver lines out wide more than MVS. So 
he's a fade for me. I get it. He had a big stat line last week, but he only caught two passes. Yeah. I mean, he had 133 yards on two freaking catches. So he's a fade for me. I, I, Jimmy Graham, I guess, is, is a startable asset because the Chiefs are giving up right around seven or eight catches per game to tight ends. But Graham is, I mean, he's one of those sort of, hey, I never know what I'm going to get. Yeah. Matchup's right. And if Adams is out again, you can play him. Yeah. You know, the volume has just been so weird for him. The, the Packers are basically just using him as a wide receiver. They basically don't put him on the line of scrimmage because mm-hmm. at this point in his career, Jimmy Graham cannot block. Yeah. Uh, but over the past couple of weeks, like, he, you know, Nine targets in week four, then went down at three in week five. And over the last two weeks, he's had five and four targets. Obviously, last week, he just went nuts because he only needed four targets to get 65 yards and a score yep. against that Raiders defense. I, I honestly, I have no idea what to do with Jimmy Graham this weekend. I will say if, if OJ Howard does not play, I would play Cam Brate over Jimmy Graham. If no, you have I'm, that, I'm if with you. Have that decision. I am right there with you. And I would play Janu Smith if Delaney Walker doesn't play also. Uh, over Jimmy Graham, but we're going to wait and see what happens uh, with those players. This could be a big-time Aaron Jones game. Uh, you can you can breathe a sigh of relief because a couple of weeks ago, everyone who had Aaron Jones, including me, started freaking out because Jamal Williams got all the touches and Aaron Jones couldn't catch an open pass that would have resulted in a touchdown for, uh, for Aaron Rodgers. Last week, we got back to normalcy. Although, Williams did get in the end zone. So, I mean, he does have some standalone value. And this matchup is positive, so if you're in a deeper league, Williams could end up being one of those risk-reward flexes, but Aaron Jones is certainly a guy that you're going to start. Uh, that's that's quite obvious. Moving on, let's do the Monday night game here. <laughs> Remember when these two teams used to be good? And this was like <laughs> a great AFC battle. Yeah. Dolphins, Steelers, you know, you bring up like the old NFL films music, which we have playing in the background here if you can't hear it. Um, and now it's like, you know... It's Mason Rudolph against yeah. Fitzpatrick. Although, I really like Mason Rudolph this week. The Dolphins have played six games. They've given up 20-plus fantasy points to five quarterbacks. <laughs> five. It's not good, man. It's a lot. It's not good. And, and Mason Rudolph obviously is back off the concussion this week. The Steelers are here at home. Um, this is fabs. If Juju Smith-Schuster does not post a solid game this week i'm i'm gonna be severely severely disappointed because this is just man this is just an amazing amazing spot the dolphins have had just zero chance at slowing down opposing uh opposing wide receivers Xavier howard has has missed some time too uh looks like he might not play again this week i I mean come on come on it's gotta be this has got to be the spot for juju yep gotta be um so you're starting juju james connor should absolutely smash in this game uh without question he he is a he's a clear must start uh they are going to lean on him a lot Steelers defense I have them ranked I think second or third I think I think it's Patriots Rams and then Steelers uh every every defense guys every defense that has played the Dolphins has been tied for ninth or better in that week wow tied for ninth or better yeah so Steelers duh even yeah, even though the Steelers have really struggled this year, especially in their secondary, I, I agree. I think this is and obviously if you, a spot. And if you look at the, you, yeah, their, their numbers, have actually been pretty good the last three games they've played to the defense. So, yeah. um, are we starting any Dolphins? I think, uh, you know, if you're in a deep league, 12-team, 14-team league, you don't have Amari Cooper, you don't have Michael Gallup. Maybe you've been relying on Marquise Brown, even though he's been hurt. I think Devontae Parker and Preston Williams are fine sleeper plays here. Parker's had a touchdown on three straight games. He has. And, and, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick gives these guys just way more of a chance than Josh Rosen. I mean, I, I, I'm definitely disappointed that Rosen's career has, uh, 
yeah, he, he's definitely not acquitted himself well. And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in and looking a lot more competent, moving the offense, I think. That's the big thing is when Ryan Fitzpatrick has been in, right? Like, at least he's yep. moved this offense. Um, and against these Steelers corners that, you know, they've been a little up and down this year. I think if you need, if you're in desperate need of a receiver play, I think both these Parker and Williams are fine. All right. So that's your look at the week eight slate of games. And uh, earlier we mentioned Sunday is National Tight Ends Day. Okay. Where, where do they come up with these days? Like, there's, like, National Cheeseburger Day. You know, there's, there's, there's like, you know. Is there a committee for coming up these National days? National Polar Bears Day. I mean, there's a freaking day for everything. What's today? I don't, today is Sunday. Yeah. Huh? Honestly, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But Sunday is National Tight Ends Day. I want, we got to have a running backs day. We got to have a, if we got a tight ends, they got to have a running backs day. So we already talked about a few of these guys, right? If you're desperate at tight end, and a lot of us are, and my hand is raised in here, Cameron Brait, if OJ Howard doesn't play, is a really good option. Johnny Smith, if Delaney Walker doesn't play, is a really good option. You got anybody else out there that you like? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Dallas Goddard over the past couple of weeks has been, uh, as he's gotten, uh, Back healthy off the calf injury. He's seen, I think, 18 targets. Zach Hurts has 29 mm-hmm. over the past month. Goddard, if you're truly desperate, is a fine play. Uh, Noah Fant, we mentioned a little bit during the Broncos mm-hmm. game. We'll see what the, the Broncos do with their pass-catching tree or their target tree after Cortland Sutton. I think Fant is probably a fine desperation play. Can, can I sell you Josh Hill Yeah, against the Cardinals? Why not? I mean, Jared Cook's banged up. He's uh, I don't know if he's going to play this week, yeah. but we're going to look at the Friday practice reports, but he's been banged up as well, so... This is <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to sell you. And I think we've done a pretty good job. Cam Brate, Janu Smith, maybe Josh Hill, maybe Dallas Goddard. Um, no offense. No offense. No offense. Uh, uh, Foster Moreau. Two more for you. <laughs> no, you're not going there. No. Well, <laughs> that's a little too Frenchy. That's it. OK. Darren Waller's really good, too. Uh, you know. Two in the Broncos, or excuse me, not Broncos, but Browns-Pats game. Uh, if you're truly desperate, both Ben Watson, I think Ricky... Revenge and Ricky, game! And Ricky Seals-Jones are both... That's a revenge game for Ben Watson. <laughs> it is. It is, I, dude. This is the right. revenge freaking week, Ben man. Watson's been around for so long, he's got a lot of revenge. Yeah, he's like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, really. I think Ben Watson and Ricky Seals-Jones. Ricky Seals-Jones was elevated to a pretty much full-time role before mm-hmm. the Browns went out of their bye. Uh, if you're just totally, absolutely dying at tight end, um, you can maybe play one of those two guys, but obviously just... Pretty much everyone outside of like the top like six options has the same floor, and the floor is zero. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Exactly. Uh, so, all right, that's your look at uh, what you can expect if you need a sleeper tight end on uh, National Tight Ends Day. Which, uh, how do you celebrate that? Like, do you just like go out mm-hmm. and get like a Rob Gronkowski jersey and you know? Just go crazy kind of thing? Is, yeah. that, is that what you do? Uh, I would pull an old Jimmy Graham, start dunking some basketball or dunking some footballs and basketball <laughs> hoops. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I wonder what Antonio Gates is doing on National uh, Tight Ends Day. Well, he's hopefully sitting on the sofa and enjoying his uh, his mountains of cash of playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, in about five years, we'll be talking about him at uh, Canton. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, good luck in all of your fantasy football matchups in week eight. Thank you, as always, for listening and uh, you got any parting words here, Mr. Viper? I don't. Good luck in week eight. There's a lot of really tough, um, because the matchups are kind of not very clear. There's a lot of tough calls this week. So good luck this week and all your start-sit calls. Nabil, good luck to your Packers, all right, against the Chiefs, which, they, I mean, they should win that game without Patrick Mahomes. So You would uh, think. My Cowboys are not going to lose this week because we're on a bye. Ha. 
Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Again, thanks for listening, and good luck. We will see you next week. Make sure you tune in on Monday with uh, the two of us clowns and Marcus Grant coming back at you to uh, look at what happened in week eight and what we got right and what we did right, and uh, we will see you then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins.